Coming up on this week's show, tis the season for bunnies, bunnies, bunnies. Plus, we've got Jay from Joyfully Jay. Welcome to the Big Gay Fiction Podcast, the show for readers and writers of gay romance fiction. If you can read it, write it, watch it, or listen to it, these two guys are going to talk about it. Now, here are your hosts, Jeff Adams and Will Knauss. Welcome to episode 129 of Jeff and Will's Big Gay Fiction Podcast. I'm Jeff from JeffAdamsWrites.com. And I'm Will from WillKanaus.com. Jeff and I are passionate about gay fiction and the authors who write it. Fiction can entertain. Fiction can enlighten. If you believe in the power of story as much as we do, then this is the show for you. This episode of the podcast is brought to you in part by our remarkable group of supporters. We'll have more information on how you can join them in just a few moments. Well, we are back. Uh, while the episodes kept a coming, um, we had a couple of weeks off to move. Uh, to well, our our grand grand move happened. Was it grand? I guess maybe it was. I suppose. Uh, I think it went pretty smoothly. Uh, if you followed us on social media at all, you know that we packed up, we moved, and and have resettled. All of our boxes are mostly unpacked. Mostly thanks to this one who uh, unpacks all the books. Uh, I think you figured out that about a third of our possessions are books. I would. That would be my guess. <laughs> kind of crazy, but we're set up. We're back in it. We've got a, a new studio that we're still getting a little bit used to, and uh, it's good. To, it's good to be home again. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And through it all, I've been doing a little bit of writing. We have. Uh, I've got edits back on uh, Codename Winger number three, which comes out this fall, and I've been working through those. And working a little bit, too, on Winger 4 that comes out early next year. So that's kind of been exciting, too, to keep going with all that stuff. (laughs) Um, Quick note about the t-shirt I'm wearing this week. If you're looking at the video or if you've seen one of the show pictures from this week, I am in a official Love, Simon, Why is Straight the Default t-shirt. You can grab these t-shirts from omaze.com. And these actually benefit the work that Glisten does. Uh, to ensure that LGBTQ students are able to learn and grow in a school environment free from bullying and harassment. Uh, you can go to amaze.com and look on their buy t-shirts link where you'll find this, and we'll have a link directly uh, to it in the show notes for this week's show. So if you're interested in that, go pick one up. I personally had to have a little something from Love, Simon. So there you go. Yes, we did actually go see Love, Simon on opening day. Uh, we both enjoyed it very, very much so. We even shot a video review. Uh, that video appears on the official podcast page on Facebook. On Facebook, yes, and it's also in the show notes for uh, episode 128, if you want to check that out. Uh, we have to give big congratulations to friend of the podcast, uh, TJ Clune. Um, of course, I'm a big fan of TJ's books. Uh, he hinted a little bit in his interview that we did with him at GRL that he was working on a, a YA superhero series. And word came this week that he actually sold the trilogy to Tortine Books, which is amazing. They're putting it uh, in their LGBT hashtag own voices series, uh, which of course is the hashtag that's being used for uh, people who are writing about their own experiences and in their own voices. Um, this is a, a, a series about a group of teen superheroes and an everyday boy who follows them. Uh, the first title in the series is set for a Q1 2020 release, which seems so far away, and yet I'm sure it'll be here before we even know it. Mm-hmm. Um, on Facebook, uh, TJ mentioned that The Extraordinary is, is not a coming out story because Nick and his friends are already out and proud, and he said, and I quote, While coming out stories have their place, I think it's important to also have stories with people living their queer lives with their heads held high. Absolutely. We we are 100% behind that. You can check out past interviews with TJ in episode 55 where we talked about his book Murmuration, as well as that GRL episode that we had from episode 4. We linked both of those in the show notes, and he will actually be back with us uh, this summer to talk about uh, the new book Raven Song. Fantastic. Yes. Also, we want to give a huge congratulations to friend of the podcast, Suzanne Brockman. She is the recipient of this year's Romance Writers of America Nora Roberts Lifetime Achievement Award. And boy, does she deserve it. Absolutely. She's been at this a very long time, and she's a wonderful advocate for the uh, GLBTQ community. Mm -hmm. Uh, You can hear from Suzanne in episodes 
89 and 90. Uh, she appeared with her husband and son, as well as 102, episode 102, where she talked about the history of getting gay characters into her mainstream romances. Yes, congratulations, Suze. Uh, more RWA news. The Rita Award finalists were announced. I believe it was just this past week. We have so much news because we've been gone for so long. Um, there were quite a few uh, LGBTQ romances that are up for awards uh, in the Ritas. Uh, congratulations to Vanessa North, whose Summer Stock was nominated in the mid-length contemporary romance category. Uh, one of my very favorite books, Shelter the Sea by Heidi Cullinan is nominated in mainstream fiction with a central romance. That's a weird category name. Um, you could actually hear Heidi talking about that book back in episode 119 of the podcast. Uh, the Druid Next Door by E.J. Russell and Spectred Isle by K.J. Charles are both nominated in paranormal romance. And finally, Guiding Mr. Fine by Helen K. DeMond is uh, nominated as romantic suspense. So congratulations to the LGBTQ nominees, as well as all of the Reader Award nominees. And we'll look up to all those books and the Master Reader list uh, in the show notes. And speaking of award news, we also want to congratulate um, basically everyone uh, behind <laughs> the series Eastsiders. Eastsiders Season 3 was nominated for six Daytime Emmy Awards, uh, including Best Digital Daytime Drama, and uh, Best Supporting Actor from John Hallback, and Best Writing and Directing uh, by Kit Williamson. Now, John and Kit uh, appeared on the show. Uh, they've been on twice now. Uh, they're always a delight to talk to. You can stream all of Eastsiders on Netflix, and if you're interested in checking out our interview with Kit and John, you can also hear from them in episode 113. Yes. Now, while we were away for the grand move, uh, there was a some... A lot of kerfuffle going on in the uh, gay romance community, and we do want to take a moment to address that uh, ever so briefly since it's starting to fade into the background. Uh, of course, uh, we're talking about what went down with author Santino Hassel and uh, former Riptide editor Sarah Lyons. Um, I'm not going to go into the rehash because I think we've all hashed it quite enough lately. Uh, what I will say on this is that I'm quite disappointed that this came up in the community. Um, at no point should authors be trying to dupe people. Uh, this is not a matter of writing with a pen name because there's a place for that. But certainly you should not be representing yourself as something that you're not. Uh, whether it's sexuality, whether it's race, whether, you know, whatever it is. Um, be as authentic as you're comfortable with, but don't go out there and tell lies. And certainly if you're in a position of power like an editor or somebody... Behave in a professional manner and just and and don't mess around with people. Um, it, it's it's really kind of reprehensible and disgusting what happened, and I think we're all better than that. So let's all try to treat each other well, treat each other with kindness, treat each other as we would want to be treated, and uh, let's hopefully, as a genre and as readers and writers and everybody involved in it, that we can move beyond this, but also certainly learn the lessons of it. And kudos to the people who have come up in the. Uh, aftermath of this offering all kinds of services to to the authors who are impacted because they might be moving titles away from riptide or other things that have happened uh kudos to you for trying to put out uh to kind of make a bad situation better um is there anything you'd like to add to all that uh, I would like to remind people that two essentially rancid apples do not spoil the whole bunch. There are a lot of amazing authors telling amazing stories out there. So let's all get back to reading the stories that we love. Amen. <laughs> Moving on. Um, thanks to everybody who joined us on Patreon while we were away. It's, it's incredible that we've come back to five new patrons. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to take the moment to read them off, and then you can go into your spiel. Take it away. Um, thank you to Jennifer, Lita, Olivia, Jules, and Liza Starr uh, for joining us on Patreon. We're very happy to have you as part of the Patreon family. Yes. Now, you can help support the Big Gay Fiction Podcast with a monthly pledge through Patreon. For as little as 25 cents an episode, your pledge helps pay for the costs of producing and distributing this podcast. Guys, we simply could not do it without you. 
Now, um, all patrons have the option to have a personalized thank you sent directly to them. And for fans who pledge at the silver and gold levels, you'll have the exclusive opportunity to ask questions of our upcoming guests. Um, also, uh, as you know, if you've listened to this show a couple of times and have heard me give this spiel before, you also know that every month that we meet our uh, stated uh, goal, we will produce a special bonus episode, especially for our Patreon supporters. So, if you would like to know how to get in on all this goodness, all you have to do is go to patreon.com. That is p-a-t-r-e-o-n.com slash biggayfictionpodcast. In the hockey player's heart, the feel-good gay romance by Jeff Adams and Will Knauss, hockey star Caleb Carter returns to his hometown to recover from an injury. He never expects to run into his one-time crush at a grade school fundraiser. Seeing Aaron Price hits him hard, like being checked into the boards. The attraction is still there, even after all these years, and Caleb decides to make a play for the school teacher. You miss 100% of the shots you never take, right? Aaron has been burned by love before, and can't imagine what a celebrity like Caleb could possibly see in a guy like him. Their differences are just too great. But as Aaron spends more time with Caleb, he begins to wonder if he might have what it takes to win the hockey player's heart. Get The Hockey Player's Heart at DreamSpinnerPress.com, Amazon.com, and other online book retailers. So the reading continued even while we were on the grand move, and you have quite a few things to talk about, actually, and I think you're going to kick it off with friend of the podcast, Casey Wells. Mm -hmm. Uh, I want to quickly talk about Silk by Casey Wells. This is one of the books in her Material World series. Um, Silk is the story of Matt. He is a working boy, an escort. Uh, He also has, he's got a lot of things going on. He's living (laughs) in New York, making it work. Uh, His family owns a restaurant and essentially um, it's going to be passed down to him and that's what he's working towards. Uh, he's also a part-time model because uh, he's super duper hot. Uh, he's also a part-time escort. He has a few select clients that he sees on a regular basis to uh, help make money because living in the city on your own is quite expensive. Um, that it is. <laughs> so um, uh, one evening, uh, he... Uh, trying to come up with egalitarian phrases too. <laughs> so one evening Matt is hired by Lucas. Lucas is an older guy. This is essentially thematically this is a May December romance. Uh, it's also sort of a hooker with a heart of gold romance. Um, Lucas uh, is as I said an older guy and he's got a little bit of social anxiety. Uh, he doesn't like hanging out with large groups of people and going to like the clubs or trying to be social and meeting other guys uh, just doesn't appeal to him. So he hires escorts on occasion. Uh, and Lucas is, of course, uh, very hot. He has a really beautiful apartment and he has sort of a reputation uh, among some of the escorts that run in Matt's circles primarily because uh, he's really great in bed, and also that bed happens to be covered in blue silk sheets, which are featured prominently on the book's cover. Mm -hmm. Anyway, so uh, Lucas hires Matt. They have one really amazing night, and Matt sort of hopes that Lucas will become a regular, and he actually does. Uh, So they start spending more time together. Uh, Of course, they begin to fall for one another, but there's that really tricky situation of, you know, uh, um, client escort sort of, you know, where, where, where's the line between genuine feeling and emotion and, you know, a business transaction. Mm -hmm. Um, so they have to kind of work through that. Um, at one point, uh, after they get to know each other better, um, Matt kind of takes Lucas under his wing and tries to, like, get him out of his shell and actually ends up taking Lucas to a family wedding <laughs> uh, with hilarious results. Um, as in all of Casey's books, um, the two main characters are, of course, wonderful, uh, but there's also a terrific... 
cast of secondary characters. Uh, she really brings them to life in this particular book. I really liked Silk. I know that a story about an escort isn't going to be, you know, everyone's cup of tea. Mm-hmm. Um, it should be noted that early in the book, um, Matt talks about some of his other clients, and he is actually seeing other clients uh, when he starts um, uh, going out with Lucas. Um, those interactions, of course, happen off-page, uh, but um, I think that's worth noting mm-hmm. in this, in this yeah. particular case. Anyway, I highly recommend uh, this third book in the Material World series. It's really, really good. So... Since it is almost Easter and spring break, I think it is the perfect time to talk about bunnies. First, I want to... Speaking of rancid apples, um, it's worth noting that our patriarchal douche of a vice president recently released a children's book, if you can believe that. Uh, This is the man who believes it's perfectly fine to torture queer youth. It's A-OK with him. Uh, He released a children's book about the family bunny rabbit. Now, John Oliver was having none of this, uh, and he expertly trolled him by releasing his own children's book. Uh, The plot revolves around the pet bunny of the vice president who happens to find love with another boy bunny. Now, uh, as it's listed on Amazon, the incredibly long title of this book is Last Week Tonight with John Oliver Presents A Day in the Life of Marlon Bundo. That's a mouthful. This <laughs> this book has taken off. Uh, people are falling in love in love with it, and is uh, outselling uh, the other uh, less less inclusive book less perhaps? inclusive book by a very wide margin. It's worth noting that a day in the life of Marlon Bundo. All proceeds of this particular book go to the Trevor Project and AIDS United. So, congratulations to Jill Twist and John Oliver for releasing a, by, you know, by all accounts, a really remarkable book. Yeah. Congratulations. We're going to get our copy um, as soon as we can, and we'll link to it in the show notes so you guys can find it as well. It's also worth noting another wonderful bunny book for children. Uh, Catherine Dare, artist and an author, she released a collection of her comics. Uh, It's called Somebody Loves You, The Skip and Pip Collection. Uh, a couple of years ago, she came up with the Pride Bunnies about Skip and Pip, two cute, adorable bunnies who are in love and have uh, cute little uh, adventures together. Uh, so she's finally released uh, a collection. Uh, it came out, oh, I think it was last month. Uh, so we highly recommend you check that out. Skip mm-hmm. and Pip, the collection, somebody loves you. Now, on to fiction. Uh, recently, not too long ago, I came across a book uh, about bunny shifters. <laughs> um, I want to talk about the Hoppity Shifter series by A.R. Barley. The first book in the series is called Chasing His Cottontail. Now, this book is about bunny shifter Peter. Uh, he's a nice guy, and uh, one night he is just, you know, hopping through the forest doing his thing. Uh, but he accidentally gets captured. Uh-oh. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, and he gets sort of put into the care of Luke, the sexy human business owner that uh, Peter uh, hangs out with. Peter is actually a CPA, uh, and he works with Luke, and they've known each other a while. Uh, and they're sort of attracted to one another, but they've never really uh, acted on that attraction. So eventually... Uh, Peter comes out as a bunny shifter, and Luke is like, whoa, what's this all about? By, you know, but at the same time, he's really attracted to Peter. It's like, okay, he's a bunny. No big deal. Uh, unfortunately, a big deal is, is that werewolves are after Peter. Uh-oh. Um, it turns out that Peter uh, is unmated, means that he hasn't found his one true love, and the werewolf pack is after him. Uh, and if they get their hands on him, uh, bad things are going to go down. Um, it's worth noting that the bunnies uh, in this particular series uh, can become pregnant. So this is technically an impreg book, but that is not the focus of the story. Uh, getting pregnant and having babies is not the point of the, the narrative arc. 
Uh, so I would probably categorize these as impreg light. <laughs> um, so uh, uh, Luke fends off the werewolves when they attack his uh, cabin. Uh, and he's doing everything he can to protect Peter as uh, he they get to know each other better. Uh, at one point in the story, Luke is kidnapped. Uh, and it's up to Peter and Luke's brother to uh, attempt a daring rescue. Uh, it's a really great book. Uh, I highly recommend it. I liked it an awful, awful lot. Uh, Chasing His Cottontail by A.R. Barley. Uh, since I enjoyed that book so much, I decided to give book number two a try. It's called Talk Bunny to Me. And this book is all about Ben. That is, um, <coughs> excuse me, that's Luke's brother from the first book. Uh, ben is a professional werewolf hunter. Mm. Uh, he takes out, you know, contracts. Uh, and his job is to take out werewolves who are doing bad stuff. So one night while he is on a job... Uh, he comes across bunny shifter Justin. Justin has been living on his own because he uh, escaped from his local rabbit Warren. And the way it's described in his book, I really don't, you know, blame Justin at all. The the Warren sounds horrible, like a <laughs> really bizarre religious cult. It's absolutely awful. Uh, so Ben takes Justin back to Chicago, and. As they kind of hang out and get to know one another, Ben shows him all the sights of the big city, which is all, you know, completely new to Justin. Um, he's led a pretty sheltered and unfortunately abused life in his Warren. And um, Justin begins to think that Ben just might be his one true mate. So as love blossoms, unfortunately, <laughs> Justin's evil ex arrives in town. And Ben and Justin must execute a daring plan to get Justin away from uh, this abusive relationship that he's been forced into. Mm -hmm. It's really, really good. Uh, I liked it just as much as the first book, and I highly recommend uh, both of these. Uh, there is a third book in the series. I think it came out a week or two ago, uh, which is how I kind of got tuned into the shifters uh, that A.R. Barley is writing. So I highly recommend both um, Chasing His Cottontail and Talk Bunny to me. Very cool. So I've actually gone backwards in a series over the last few days. Uh, you may recall that back in episode 124, we had... Well, actually, I, we, we reviewed and Lucy Lennox was on episode 124 for Felix and the Prince. Uh, and now I've gone backwards to read book one in the Forever Wild series which is Facing West. Mm -hmm. uh, oh, did I love this book. I mean, I loved Felix, and I, but I also really loved this one, too. Um, this focuses on the romance that happens between West, West and Wild, uh, who goes by West, and uh, Nico Salerno, uh, who some people, apparently, if you've been reading the Maid Marian series, yes. Nico is in that series as mm -hmm. well. Yeah. Um, Nico ends up coming back to Hobie, Texas, uh, which is where the Wilds live, uh, some 15 years after he fled. Um, his childhood was not great. Uh, his mom hooked up with uh, someone who she married who did not take to Nico very well. Uh, Nico was also dealing with issues around uh, being gay, and finally he had enough and he fled to San Francisco, uh, where he became a businessman and has his own tattoo parlor and was getting through life, but... As this book opens, he finds out that his uh, older sister um, has died and has left him custody of uh, newborn, not newborn, but certainly toddler, uh, Pippa. And he has to return to uh, Hobie to square all this away. He goes with the idea that he's going to be in town long enough to uh, take care of some adoption stuff because there's a couple in town who's interested in the baby. Mm -hmm. uh, but he quickly... Uh, finds his way back home, essentially. Um, and, and West is a large part of that. West and Nico knew each other in high school. Um, they actually had an, a, an interesting incident in a movie theater that is de described early on in the book. Um, and there's a lot of uh, baggage between them, if you will. Um, in a lot of ways, I believe, uh, I would categorize this as a enemies to lovers story, actually, yeah, in, the, exactly. in the long run, because... They, they are not happy to see each other initially. Um, 
And, and West is like, who is this purple-haired, tattooed person who's who's shown up in town? And he's he's just he's aghast to learn that it's actually um, Nico. Um, I loved oh so much about this book. Um, having having now read Felix and this one, I I kind of fallen in love with Lucy's style. Um, the the heartache that I felt for Nico, she just laid it out so well like his childhood what he went through in san francisco when he first got there how he's tried to build this life for himself and just the the how he tries to resolve um wanting to get back to san francisco but also wanting to stay in hobie potentially to raise pippa he's finding it very hard to give her up to maybe have finally found the one for him in west um west on the flip side has not found the one for him either and he is it's hard for him to kind of wrap his mind around that Nico could be that one. Um, and he's also having work, having stayed close to his sister is very close to Pippa. So they, they have that as kind of that common thing that binds them together and helps them to find their way to each other. Um, I think what you're describing is sort of a hallmark of the books that Lucy writes. While I'm no means an expert, I read a couple of her books and all of them seem to have um, something very specific going on. There are very... Uh, I would personally use the word melodrama, although that has some baggage attached to it. I think the characters in her books um, f- have very big emotions, emotions that they feel very deeply. And during the book, she makes the uh, reader, you know, aware of what the characters are going through at each stage in mm-hmm. the narrative. And that's really, really important. Uh, I think it pulls the reader in and it makes us understand uh, and enjoy their journey all the more. Yeah, and, and, and it's it's certainly not melodrama meant in like the, the stereotypical way we think of melodrama. This is melodrama of the best kind because you just keep getting sucked in. <laughs> and she... There were a couple turns in the book that mm-hmm. turns that were that were done in a way that I knew a turn was coming, but what the turn actually was was like whoa what, <laughs> and and that was tremendous. Uh, it was great seeing the Wild Clan in their introductory roles, um, and I'm I'm looking so forward to Wildfire um, at this point, which is the third book in the, in the wild series that has just, uh, come out within the last couple of weeks. I think I'm going to have to wait for Michael Pauly on that one to get the audiobook done because we love the Felix audiobook. I did this entire book on audio and, and Michael is so good with his characterizations and everything about the way that Lucy writes. Mm-hmm. Um, so I highly recommend Finding West from Lucy Lennox. And, uh, I think we'll be talking about wildfire here. Within the next couple months, for sure. <laughs> um, so besides uh, Love, Simon at the movies, while we were uh, getting our unpacking done, uh, we caught up with the film every day. Uh, this is probably out of theaters now as we talk about it, uh, because we caught it just on the tail end of its run uh, here in, where we're living. Um, this is the adaptation of a uh, David Levithan book that is one of my all-time favorites like it's on that list of things that are just like epically awesome to me um this is a story about uh a being for lack of a better term who goes by the name of a and uh they hop bodies every single day um they're in a different body someone near their age and at this point uh in their age in their life they're around 16 or 17 um and this is how this being has spent their entire life um, from from midnight to midnight, they're in a body and then they hop to somebody else. And for A, it's about being in that person's life and not screwing it up. Just letting them get through the day and, and try to leave them as they were. And that's all well and good until he meets Rihanna one day when he shows up in the body of Rihanna's asshole boyfriend. Um, he ends up giving Rihanna the best day of her life and now he is hell-bent every day of getting back to her uh, because he can't let her go. And over time, he reveals, I, I say he, it's more of a they because this is very fluid every day. Um, 
they reveal their story to Rihanna, who has to kind of work her mind around what this means. That he can, that one day he's her, her boyfriend, the next day there's some girl, the next day they can't get to Rihanna because they're in the body of a blind person or a disabled person. And it just kind of keeps going. Their love story builds, and yet they can't quite figure out a way to hang on to it. Um, I thought the movie it really exceeded my expectation because I couldn't bend my mind around how this could be a film uh, because of the nature of the story. Um, in a lot of ways, I felt like, while it goes under the name of Every Day, that it was almost more of the sequel book, which was Another Day, which was told from Rihanna's point of view as opposed to Every Day, which is all an A's point of view, because there wasn't so much internal dialogue and most of it seemed to go from her side of the story than the kind of A's. But regardless of that, I really like how this movie told the story of this book and these characters um, oh so well. Um, you've never read the book. Uh, what was kind of your take on the film and did it work for you as a film without knowing all the other stuff that goes with having read the book? I have only really known about the book uh, because of what you s said about it and what I've heard other other people say. Uh, and I was also not completely sure that Hollywood could take such a kind of strange, high-concept idea. And I was really curious to see how it translated to the screen. And I think they did a really interesting, uh, exceptional job. Mm -hmm. uh, I think uh, it's worth noting, I think the young cast, um, everyone they cast, uh, was really exceptional. Um, because there are, uh, because of the nature of the story, there are several different actors who end up portraying A throughout the course of the movie. Uh, and all of them uh, were really fantastic, but there was also that uh, thread of characterization. I think it was never confusing. We, uh, mm -hmm. as viewers, knew exactly who A was, no matter who they were inhabiting at the time. I thought that was actually really wonderful. And also, um, <laughs> I thought it was very, very interesting. Um, there is a lot of talking in this movie. <laughs> um, <laughs> and it, even though I say that, I don't mean that in a bad way. I think, I think we're sort of trained by Hollywood movies and television that uh, most narrative arcs uh, involve, you know, scenes where they, you know, build characterization. And then there are thing then there are the scenes where you know something big is at stake and then there's the big action scene and we kind of um there's a certain narrative structure that we're used to um that doesn't apply to this movie uh, i think because it's such a esoteric idea i mean that's not the word i'm looking for um but it's an intellectual idea mm -hmm. that they're exploring um there's a lot of talking as the characters navigate this really strange and unique situation. Um, so I, I liked it a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so odds are it'll be out on DVD sometime this spring slash summer uh, as its theatrical run runs up. If you do find out it is still in your area, go check it out. Um, otherwise, look for it a little later on your streaming and DVD on-demand sources every day. Uh, really awesome. Ever so quickly here, um, over the last two weeks, uh, NBC has debuted the uh, new series Rise, uh, which has been promoted to death, um, particularly over the Super Bowl and the Olympics. And, uh, well, not the Super Bowl, that's a different network. Over the Olympics, <laughs> certainly Rise got uh, promoted heavily. It's the new uh, school drama uh, that revolves around an English teacher taking over the drama department of a high school in a very economically depressed area of Pennsylvania. Uh, it comes from the uh, producers of Friday Night Lights and Parenthood, and it also has uh, the producer of the Broadway musical Hamilton uh, behind it as well. Um, this, I, I like it. You're not watching it. You've chosen not to participate in this, in this show. Uh, I'm liking it so far. Two episodes in. Um, the drama teacher has decided to innovate his school's drama department and instead of doing the uh, well-worn and 
much-loved uh, production of Grease that they're already rehearsing. He is going to change it up and do Spring Awakening, uh, which, of course, excites the kids, but uh, kind of terrifies the adults and the school administration. Uh, he also makes the pretty ginormous mistake of uh, casting uh, against the usual type. So it's uh, the, the, the two people who have been most in the lead to the musicals are now in supporting roles. Uh, and he casts, he actually goes out and gets uh, the star football player, the star quarterback, uh, because he raps well to kind of get him to come in and, and you know, show that drama's cool. Um, this show takes its cues from many sources. It has a feeling to me of the 1980 film version of Fame, because it's got kind of this gritty, uh, real-life kind of sense to it, so it's not all glossy and happy. Uh, it certainly pulls uh, from High School Musical, because you've got the, the athlete trying to maybe be on drama, and how that all kind of turned upside down, the whole drama uh, that went on at uh, at that high school. It's got a little bit of glee in it, of course, um, although the characters are not breaking out into song everywhere. The songs so far have been contained to the stage. Uh, but there's a lot of amazing character work going on, too, besides the athlete trying to come to terms with, you know, does he want football, does he want drama? Uh, there's a homeless teen who's involved here who's discovered sleeping up in the light booth of the theater. Uh, you've got a transgender teen, uh, female to male, um, who's really, in two episodes, had some very nice uh, victory moments for him um, as he decides he's going to change in the boys' dressing room and that that is okay with everybody. Um, so stand out for that kind of thing. And a uh, character by the name of Simon, who is also probably headed for a coming out story, uh, it would seem. Uh, as we kind of move through, because he's actually playing the gay character in Spring Awakening, and that's kind of stirring up feelings for him. Um, I'm not 100% sold on this show yet, but I certainly like what I've seen in these first two episodes. Uh, I have to give a, a shout-out to A.B. Forsyth, who uh, did an amazing version of the Song of Purple Summer, uh, which is one of my favorite songs from Spring Awakening uh, in episode number two. So this is airing Tuesdays at 9 on NBC. Uh, if you like the fame high school musical sort of thing, uh, give it a look and see what you think of Rise. Want to hang out with us between shows? Check us out on Facebook. You never know what we might post. News about book sales, bonus video content, and maybe even a live broadcast or two. Like us today at facebook.com slash biggayfictionpodcast and see what we get up to next. So earlier this week, I got to do the very first interview uh, in our new studio, uh, talking to Jay from Joyfully Jay. She's going to preview uh, this year's theme week for us, uh, which uh, is appropriate since you've been talking about bunny shifters. We're going to talk about uh, the paranormal theme week. Plus, she's got some great book recommendations for us. I'm very happy to welcome back Jay from Joyfully Jay to the podcast. How's everything going? And I'm glad to be back. It seems like it's been a while. It has been. I think it was back before around the holiday time. We were talking about holiday books. I think that you're right. I think that you're right. It has been. And now we're up to theme week, which is always a fun part of the spring. Tell us what's cooking this year for it. Yeah, time has flown. We're just about ready to launch our spring our um, theme week. It runs this year, April 8th through 14th. And um, every year what we do is a full week dedicated to one particular theme or trope. So in the past, we've done um, Men in Uniform Week. Last year, I think, was Friends and Enemies to Lovers Week. Um, we've done Rock Stars, Virgin Heroes, Young Love, a whole bunch of different things. So this year, our theme is Paranormal Week. So that pretty much covers anything in the supernatural realm. So we've got shifters and demons and vampires and witches and fae. And we, I think we have a superhero book, some psychic stuff. So we've got all kinds of different paranormal supernatural elements that we're going to be uh, celebrating this week. That's exciting. And it seems like it's one of those uh, subgenres that has... It's, it's blossomed so much over the last few years that everybody seems to want to get in and write a paranormal now. Yeah, yeah. You know, for a long time, I feel like it was, um, you know, vampires and shifters, particularly wolves. But I feel like the subgenre has really grown a lot. And I'm now seeing 
um, not just a lot more paranormal elements, you know, witches and demons and fae and other things outside of those two, but um, a lot of um, paranormal that sort of gets woven into stuff that's sort of otherwise contemporary or in many ways feels very contemporary, but then just has some um, paranormal pieces to it. So I'm definitely seeing a growth of it. And I think it's a fun theme because it's broad enough that, you know, vampires aren't your thing. There's 15 other sort of paranormal things that might be. So it's something that um, I think has a little something for everyone, even if you're not um, super into the tradition. I'm looking forward to it. I like that you mentioned a superhero book, too, because I, I don't normally think of those as paranormal, but of course they are just a little bit uh, because yes. of the superpowers and stuff. Yeah, yeah. I'm excited for that one. Um, the uh, book that Chris is reading, The Power of Love. Um, but yeah, superheroes are actually one of my favorite um, tropes. I, uh, I have a whole list on the blog of my favorite superhero books because that's a personal favorite. But yeah, we decided to sort of keep it a little bit broader. Um, so yeah, we have... Um, Let's see, reviews going on all week, all on paranormal books, and then all of our guest posts are also all featuring um, paranormal stories, and then, um, or authors who are writing paranormal stories and talking about that. And then, of course, our big giveaway, which is sort of the super fun hallmark of our theme weeks, um, is also all paranormal themed. And um, for those who haven't participated, this is our biggest giveaway of the year by far. Um, we always go for volume for this one. So we have right now, we're approaching about 100 prizes. Um, and we still have a few weeks to go. So I think we're probably going to tick over that before too long, which means that pretty much everyone can get in on this. And um, the way the giveaway works is that it will kick off on Sunday and it will run through the following Saturday. So from the beginning to the end of the theme week. And um, what we do is a giant colossal giveaway post with every single prize listed. And to enter, all you need to do is go through and give a wish list in the comments of your top sort of seven to 10 prizes. And um, I do it that way, first of all, because it gives everybody a chance to check out all the goodies. Um, and it also just makes it a lot faster to distribute the prizes because I try to just give people things that are already on their wish list. But um, if your prize is taken, I'll of course contact you. Um, and let people pick what's from what's left. But um, we have so many amazing prizes. We have books, we have series, um, we have every possible genre of um, our subgenre of in paranormal. And um, I have to tell you, I was just blown away this year by the number of authors who jumped in and um, offered up prizes. Normally, uh, we go through the publishers and um, our publishers primarily. And this year I sort of just put a call out and said, hey, does anyone have a paranormal book? And we were just flooded with um, donations. So it was really exciting. And I think it's going to be a really fun giveaway. So be sure if you stop by that week that you also um, jump in and enter the giveaway because there are tons and tons of goodies. That's awesome. I'm, it's, so, it's so great to hear that you got so many prizes donated. That yes. everybody kind of stepped up to make this a really kind of huge event. Yes. And, and yes. remind us what the what week this is running, too. Sure. Um, April 8th through 14th. So it'll kick off Sunday. Um, we'll have our coming this week that we'll talk about everything that we're reviewing and everyone who's stopping by. And then um, that afternoon, the uh, prize post will open. And then all week long, we'll have um, a guest post every day and reviews all week running through Saturday. So we're extending our um, sort of work week um, into Saturday, and then it will close on Saturday night. And hopefully I'll start giving out the prizes on Sunday. Usually it takes me a couple weeks because it's a lot um, to get through, but um, it should be really fun. And um, I'm really excited. I We were talking before about how much paranormal I've been reading lately. And so I picked um, four books, so I'm being ambitious, four books for this week that I'm trying to get through and get to. Um, but I'm really excited about it because I'm doing, I think, two shifters, a vampire and a uh, witch, I think. So, yeah, I feel like I'm doing like two shifters, walk into a bar. Um, <laughs> and, yeah, so I'm really, I'm really excited about all the reading that we're going to be doing. And I hope that um, people stop by because there's a lot of, like I said, aside from the prizes, a lot of great authors stopping by and a lot of um, interesting books too that we're going to be reviewing. Some way back oldies and some really new stuff and a big range in between. Oh, that's awesome that you're going back into like the some of the older books too to kind of yeah. cover cover everything in the subgenre as best as possible. 
yeah, yeah, I'm excited about it. That's going to be super cool. So we'll make sure, because we're a couple of weeks out as this podcast airs, that we will uh, certainly remind people of it starting the week of April 8th. And yeah, uh, link up to your coming coming this week post in, in the show sure. notes for that episode a couple of weeks out so that people can get in there and go find it. Yep. And I do have some basic information up on the blog that's just sort of an overview of what's going to be going on. So I'll give you that link as well. So if people want to stop by um, even before we get the week launches, I have some information for them where they can check out all the details and uh, know what's happening. So I'll pass that along to you oh, as well. Perfect. Yeah, we'll definitely get that in there for this week. Great. So tell us, what have you been reading more recently that you'd like to recommend as we roll into into springtime? Sure. Um, well, one that I read that was actually a week or two ago that I read that I really loved, um, A Scott Surrender by Lily Maxton. Um, I don't know if you've heard about this one. It is part of a series, but the first two books were male-female books. Um, I believe it's Entangled Publishing. And um, this one I loved, and I thought of you guys because I know how much you guys liked Cat Sebastian when I talked about that. Um, a while back, and I think that I think at least Will may have read that one. We both did, um, and we both fell so in love with that series. Yes, and she is amazing. And this reminded me a lot of it. In fact, I've seen Kat tweeting about the um, book as well, this book as well. So this is um, a family, the Townsend series. So this one features the brother um, who is sort of left behind at the uh, family estate to keep things under control, and the estate manager. Um, Ian, his house burns down and he ends up moving in and they have sort of a enemies to lovers thing going on because both are attracted to each other and sort of fighting it. Um, but it ends up being a little bit of a mystery. They get house guests and something is stolen and Ian is suspect. And so the two of them team up for um, investigating what really happened to the stolen items. Um, so it's sort of mystery light, but um, enemies to lovers, great Scotsman historical. Um, I real I really liked it. I was really excited about it. Um, let's see, what else have I recently read? Um, in terms of paranormal, I actually just read um, a story called Witchbane by Morgan Bryce, which is a um, new pen name for author Gail Z. Martin. And this is, um, I believe this is her first um, male male romance. And this was sort of fun. It is very contemporary feeling, um, urban fantasy about a um, former military guy who comes home and he and his younger brother are out doing a um, sort of ghost hunter type thing. And his brother is attacked and killed. And now it's two years later. And um, Seth is out trying to um, track down the witch who was behind his brother's killing and prevent another death because he knows this is this was a ritual and he knows who's next in line basically to be um to be killed so he meets up with evan and has to tell him hey you're never going to believe this insane story but and then the two of them um sort of are working together to catch the witches and the bad guys before they come after evan so i thought that was really fun it was an exciting story and a fun um you know, sort of felt very contemporary, but with this paranormal elements of magic and witches and all of that built into it. So that was really fun. Um, and I was excited about that because this was a new to me, um, new to me author. And let's say the other, I just listened to um, Mark Cooper versus America in audio. I don't know if you guys are big audio um, fans, but I listened to a lot of audio and um this was one of my favorite uh, Lisa Henry J.A. Rock books, and in fact, probably my favorite of their comedic works. And it's very um, sort of uh, uh, coming of age, college, funny, um, very kinky college, um, but also very sweet and romantic and sort of these two, especially Mark, who is new to America and finding his way and not really happy about being here. Um, and Joel Leslie uh, narrates it, which is um, great because his total sweet spot, because um, there's an Australian character and American characters, and that's exactly Joel. So that was really fun, and I was excited to get a chance to um, listen to that one because it's one of my favorites. We'll have to check that out because we love Joel's work. Oh, yeah. Especially oh, yeah, when he gets definitely. to get into the accent stuff. Yeah, this is a great, this is a great audio. Um, it's, I mean, it's like I said, it's completely his sweet spot, and um the book is just, like I said, hysterical and kinky and nice coming of age elements. Um, and then, and I know you guys have seen this too this weekend, I saw Love, Simon. 
And I did um, a review for that that's actually running on the blog today, but I could not be more excited about this movie and um, totally loved it. So that's my other big sort of squee of what I've been watching and listening to lately because that um, made me so happy. Yeah, Simon, as we've said in our review, was just, it's it's everything I wanted it to be from the book that I love so much. Yes, yes, um, yes. Just everything yeah. about it, um, the cast, the the way they adapted it, um, everything. Yeah. Yeah. So we'll we'll link up That's to your review as well because we're we're certainly on the Simon bandwagon big time here. Yeah. Yeah. I um. In fact, I saw it with my teenage daughter. Curious to see what her um, take on it be, and she she's not coming to this from the book world. You know, she's just coming to it from teenager who wants to watch a movie about other teenagers and um she loved it all her friends loved it so i'm really happy to see what a great reception that the movie has been getting and um lots of fun definitely in our romance community but seems like um in the broader community as well so yeah we're That's hoping it we're does do. hoping it does good stuff and, and like your daughter will had not read the book either so he came at it not knowing the source material and and mm -hmm. loved it as much as i did maybe not as much as i did but he at least loved it good <laughs> Good. Well, very good. Thank you for all of these great recommendations. And uh, we hope Theme Week is the success that it always is. We look forward to pointing some Thank people you. there to get them some good paranormal reads. Great, great. Thank you. As always, it's a total delight to have Jay on the show. Thank you for showing up and giving us all those awesome written recommendations. Mm -hmm. Good stuff. Yeah. So we hope you'll all join us next week for episode 130 when we welcome Jennifer and Marky. They are the hosts of the Top to Bottom podcast. And if you haven't had a chance to listen to this particular show, we highly recommend it. Yeah, absolutely. It was great talking to them to find out a little bit about the origin of the show and how they got into the gay romance genre. Yeah, exactly. So guys, we hope you'll join us then. And please remember, no matter where life takes you, the journey will always be sweeter when you have a book. Until next time, everyone, please keep turning those pages and keep reading. For detailed show notes and the complete episode backlist, go to BigGayFictionPodcast.com. New episodes are available every Monday on all major podcast distributors and YouTube. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next week. 